Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. This lady is a 911 operator. Now, if you were her husband or boyfriend, you might have a relationship with her. But there's nobody here has a relationship with her. Do you understand that much of the Christian world treats God like this? Help! 911! Are you there, God? Good, I really need help. God comes to the rescue. See ya! Next time I need you, I'll dial again. 911! That's not a relationship. It feels good to have God save you in an emergency, doesn't it? To know that God's there watching over you is quite a comfort. But what about all of the non-emergency things that happen throughout every day? Do you think of God then? Maybe not. The habit is to handle things in your own strength, leaving the big things for God to take care of. Well, Pastor Mark will be teaching today why that way of living isn't the way God intended you to live. You'll learn about the right way, God's way of doing life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 15 as he begins his message, The Key to Answered Prayer. A man came down and his daughter said to him, Daddy, I want you to build me a doghouse. You know, daughters have a way with dads, don't they? And the dad promised he would do it. About an hour later, he got up from reading and looked out the window, and he saw his daughter's arms crammed with these dishes and dolls. And uh, he looked out, and here's this incredible pile in the backyard of all of this stuff. She'd been working ever since he said, I'll promise to do it. She'd been upstairs getting all this stuff. And so this father said to his wife, what in the world is she doing? The wife responded, well, you promised her build her a dollhouse, and she believes you. She's just getting ready for it. And immediately he got in the car, raced to the lumberyard, got the stuff, and began to build the doghouse. Why? Because she had childlike faith. You're going to see God promises to do something unbelievable. And I pray at the end of the teaching, you and I will have childlike faith. John chapter 15. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will even be more fruitful. Now you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, some of your translations, abide. 
and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, verse 7, I have in the Balmer translation. And I want you to take a look at it. Verse 7 says this, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Hallelujah! Don't you like that promise? Just ask whatever you want. God will give it to you. Praise God. We've changed doctrine. Don't know whether you knew that or not. You just ask anything you want, God gives it to you. It's a Balmer translation. Notice I wrote at the end of that a little two-letter word. What's it say? No. Why? Is there something before the Balmer translation in your version? What does it sound like? Well, let's look at verse 7. Before this translation, there are these words. By the first one ought to catch us. It says, if... If, notice what it says, if you remain or abide in me and my words remain or abide in you, then you can ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. That is an incredible promise. That is it. Title, The Key to Answered Prayer. What is the key to answered prayer? Here's the key to answered prayer. The key to answered prayer is abiding. The word abiding comes from a Greek word named meno. And it means to remain or abide. You'll see that in your different translations. It means to dwell, to stay, to stay connected, to stay attached, to endure when times get tough. What it really means in everyday life for you and for me, just everyday stuff that we work with is this. It represents living, vibrant, active relationship. Living, vibrant, active, the key word, relationship. Now, Jesus says, go back and look at that verse, and in your Bible I would encourage you to kind of play with that for a moment. I think you ought to circle the word if, because when you read it again, this teaching will come back to you. If... And then circle the word remain, and we'll talk about that. There's a lot of remains in this chapter. And if your Bible says abide, that's fine too. Then circle the word and, because there's two parts that we have to do for God to fulfill this promise to us. There's two parts. But again, the key to answer prayer is the abiding. Now, all of us know how that works. You have this incredible branch and then this vine. This branch, it attaches itself to the vine. The branch is where the life is. That's a picture spiritually of you and I. Where do we get our strength from? Well, we get it from God and from Jesus. That strength there is what brings everything out to the branches And then, of course, out to the vines. These vines can't live 
without being attached. There's no source of energy. There's no source of food. There's no sap. There's nothing. And of course, the end result is not like a pretty vine. The end result is incredible fruit. And you know, when we did this chapter many years ago, we went through all the different kinds of fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of our lips, the fruit of giving, the fruit of new converts. There's lots of things like that that are fruit. So, what Jesus is saying as we went through this, and let me read these to you again. I am the vine, you are the branches. God's the gardener. So, if a man remains in me, he will bear much fruit. If you take yourself away from me, you can't bear any fruit. So we're back to that relationship. But often the relationship, we understand that part, but we don't connect it with prayer. Well, Jesus connected it with prayer. Smack dab in the middle. And so he says, not only will you not be able to produce fruit, not only are you nothing without me, but your prayer life will be useless because you're not attached vibrantly to that branch. So, being attached brings us to the source of Christ. It's an abiding, lasting relationship. Now, Matthew 6.33, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. It's the same exact kind of principle. What seek ye first means is putting God first in our relationship. God and you and I, your relationship with me, you're first in my life. If I do that... Everything else, including answers to prayer, flows from that. Now, we talk about relationships, and sometimes we struggle with relationships with God. Now, Linda and I, we're in Singapore. As you know, we have a Calvary Chapel there that we haven't been there now for well over a year, but we'll probably go again. How do we have a relationship? Well, we have to spend time together. Kids are gone, so we can have more time together. And the only kid we have is home, the little dog. She's more spoiled than the kids ever were. You know, the, the best person in this whole place is this dog that's to hear all the time. No cell phone ever to turn off, never has to get up, go potty, just sits right there and relaxes, gets more love than anybody else in the whole church. Beautiful. Hi there. How are you? Not even pay attention. Relationship. When you have a relationship with your pet, How does it come? Spend time with them. You all have pets, most of you, cats or dogs or whatever you have. And you spend time with them, and out of that comes a relationship. How did Linda and I keep this relationship vibrant? So that these fake smiles that we have for you aren't really fake. (laughs) How do we keep that vibrant? We have to spend time with each other. We have to talk to each other. We have to relate to each other. And then from that comes a relationship. It's vibrant. It's active. Now, here's what I want you to do. I don't want strangers for you, but I want you to think about this. If you're a lady, replace God with me. And if you're a man, replace God with my wife, Linda. And ask yourself, if you're on a bench tonight, do you have a relationship with God like that? Do you feel you can have a relationship with God like that? That, again, still honoring that he's God. But Jesus says, in John 15, he says, I don't call you servants anymore, I call you friends. So I can have a friendly relationship again. Do you have that? You see, it isn't 
Well, here's my membership. Calvary Chapel. By the way, you couldn't have it because we don't have one. But here's my membership. No, that's not what God's after. He's not after a membership. He's after a relationship. An ongoing, vibrant relationship. Get that into your mind. Ask yourself, can I replace God? Does that look comfortable to me? Because that's what God wants. I'm in the vine. I'm a branch in the vine. That relationship has to be worked on. It has to be developed. It has to be nurtured. It has to grow. And remember the Lord's Prayer? Our Father relationship. Who's in heaven? Hallowed be your name. I know your character. Thy kingdom come, your will be done. It's a relationship. I submit. We're friends. You're my Father. Now, if I sever the branch from the vine, there's no life and no fruit. This is the danger, and this is what we all do. I guarantee you, nobody has a relationship with this lady. This lady is a 911 operator. Now, if you were her husband or boyfriend, you might have a relationship with her. But there's nobody here has a relationship with her. Do you understand that much of the Christian world treats God like this? Help! 911! Are you there, God? Good, I really need help. God comes to the rescue. See ya. Next time I need you, I'll dial again. 911! That's not a relationship. Nobody has a relationship with a 911 operator. You don't even know who's on the end of the phone. And often that's the way, let's be honest, all of us from time to time treat God. When we get in the corner, 911. Now we would never think of it that way, but that's exactly what happens. And by the way, God's just like this. He has a great smile because he's full of mercy. He's full of grace. And he accepts the calls. You and I, we'd hang up. I don't know you. Who are you? But God accepts it because of his grace and his mercy. So the Christian life won't work that way. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. If I'm going to get my prayers answered, I have to understand the difference between service and relationship. In Luke chapter 10, you know the story. We'll skip on down to verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. By the way, in the Bible, when you see Jesus repeating your name twice, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried, hmm, I think we talked about that, and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed, 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Warren Wearsby says this, Here is the basis for all ministry. Taking time to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear His word. It is important to serve the Lord and serve others. But it's even more important to delight your Lord by spending time with Him. Are you so busy serving Him that you have no time to love Him and to listen to Him? Many Christians, all of us, from time to time, we have a tendency to put service ahead of relationship. But one of the greatest privileges, as we see here in this illustration, is to spend time, which is the only way we can develop that relationship with God. And of course, it doesn't have to just be in our quiet time, because it's an ongoing relationship. So, a couple things I want you to write down first. Fruitful service flows out of our relationship to God. You see that fruit that God wants to produce. Remember, there's four kinds of fruit. No fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. That all happens because we have a vibrant relationship with God. Service cannot substitute for relationship. That's what Jesus was teaching in this parable and in a story with Mary and Martha. Absolutely, Martha was doing a good thing, but not the best thing. Jesus was teaching. The rest of the stuff, the meal doesn't have to be that complicated. It could be simple. could be taken care of later. Do the first things first. And as you do that, notice I wrote it like this. Put our relationship with God first and then pray about everything. So relationship comes first. Service is in there. Prayer doesn't come before relationship. Prayer comes after relationship. So that's why often when we do our prayers, ACTS, A-C-T-S, as you know that we have that acronym that we do, that adoration of God, and then that confession, then that thanksgiving, and then the supplication... Those kind of things flow out of each other. Notice Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious or take anxious thought about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what happens if I do that out of that relationship? Then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxious thought affects my mind, which then affects the hormones in my body, which then affects me huge in the health area. So, I'm not to be anxious about anything, but out of this relationship, because I have a loving relationship with God, which I put first, then I'm going to pray about everything. As you see this, Jesus then gives us these two principles. Let me show you the Amplified in John 15, 7, which we just studied. Here's the Amplified. If you live in me, the Amplified says, abide vitally united to me, same word, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts, then ask, well, whatever you will. Just ask whatever you will, and it shall be done to you. So there's two parts. Here's the first part. Prayer from an abiding Christian is answered. 
That's a great promise. Remember the little girl with the dollhouse? The father said, I'll build it. She went and got the stuff. Dad sees her faith. He goes and gets the stuff and he builds it. That's what God says to us. I promise you that I'll answer your prayers. You develop your relationship with me. Let's have that active, vibrant relationship. You know me. I know you. Then I'll answer your prayers. You don't have to worry about a thing. I will absolutely answer your prayers. It all flows out of relationship. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1. All through the Bible, we see people that are dependent on prayer, and that means they're dependent on God. Jesus was a perfect example of this. He came to show us who the Father was, but he came to walk as a man, and you and I could relate to that. And we could see that in his everyday life, there's wonderful illustrations of how Jesus developed that relationship with his Father. Remember, Jesus would say many times all kinds of things. I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. So he was in constant communication. Remember, this is as a man, not as God. Now, in Mark chapter 1, let's skip on down to verse 35. And I'm going to give you a little multiple choice here. Jesus had just been ministering and had incredible crowds. People healed like crazy. And then it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, I'm going to give you five options. You have to pick the best one. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus went to McDavid's for a sausage, biscuit, and coffee. (laughs) Number two, Jesus heard the alarm clock, shut it off, and went back to sleep. Number three, Jesus heard the alarm clock and hit the snooze button. Number four, Jesus woke up and said, I think I will pray here while lying in bed. Now, I don't know where I got those from, but yeah, I do. Number five, none of the above. What's the correct answer? None of the above. Well, what did he do? Let's read on. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. And he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He got up. Good intentions don't count. I put that deal about praying in bed because we've all tried it. Unless you're in a hospital bed, it doesn't work. In a hospital bed, I can pray pretty good, especially if I'm the one in the bed. But at home, it doesn't work. You just sleep. He got up. He left the house. He had the option to do that. He got quiet. Remember, the houses they were in incredibly small, so there wouldn't have been phones and radios and all the stuff that we have to deal with. But they were so small, there'd be no separate room. He couldn't get alone with God, so he, had, he went outside to get alone with God. You may have to do that if you live in an apartment complex or something, or if there's 12 people in the house or whatever. You just have to find a time to get alone with God. He got up, he left the house into a quiet place, and he prayed. Prayer was a priority. 
Today you learn from Pastor Mark what it takes to receive answers from God for your prayers. You found out that it was a simple word, abiding. You were told that this action requires that you get to know God better. Pastor Mark shared what's involved in this abiding and how to do it. You discovered that the keys are the same as growing in your walk with God. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish his teaching, The Key to Answered Prayer. He'll show you, using Jesus' life, the principles that lead to having God answer your prayer. You'll learn that it involves giving up comfort sometimes, but that God will meet your needs. You'll hear how to deal with the different answers God gives to you and how to grow from them. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting